Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. You have a Father in Heaven who loves you. And always remember that. you got a God that doesn't have a mechanical relationship. You may have a mechanical relationship with Him. Or you might find yourself sometimes slipping into that. And that's what one of the reasons why I believe, once again, the massaging of the Lord in our lives, that oil, keeps us from getting a mechanic. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Thank you, God. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Thank you, God. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Have you ever been around that in your life? Where it's almost... A mechanical response. God, again, looks back and says, look, fasting simply demonstrates, Lord, I am yielding my member to you, my body to you, choosing you more than food, choosing you more than anything. God, I want you to have your way in this situation. Now, as a loving father, friends, God knows what's best for you. We always don't know what's best for us. And, 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 and friends, I know this to be the case. We all know that we've made mistakes. We've, we've bought things. We've gone places. We've done things where we go, man, I just, I, I knew that was a stupid thing to do and I did it anyway. And we, we understand that. And God says, listen, I got something bigger, better, greater for you. And oftentimes we'll say, but God, I demand this. I prayed and, and if you don't answer my prayer, I'm going to pick up my marbles and go find me another God. And there's a lot of people sometimes that are like that. But you remember that because God loves you, He's not going to give you something that's going to hurt you or destroy you. Even if you think you followed all the mechanical ways of getting it. God wants to intervene and bless you in your life. Now He says, The days will come, verse 20 again, when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Now again, and then immediately he goes into that explanation. No one puts new wine into old wineskins or sews a new piece of cloth onto a, a, onto a hole on an old garment. You need a brand new one. Friends, again, that's one of the things that God's endeavoring to do in all of our lives, is to give us that brand new heart. You must be born again. You can't put that new power in an old wineskin. Now, verse 23 goes on, and we see um, that there was even more of this continually coming against him, trying to find fault. Notice verse 23. Now it happened that when he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, as he was with his disciples, they began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? Now basically, what they're doing is they're walking through the fields, along the roads, and there are some wheat fields, and, and they, they were just grabbing hands full of grains and crunching them up, and then they were popping the kernels in their mouth, and it's kind of a tasty treat. I always like doing that. And, and the Pharisee said, look, Jesus is running a combine on the Sabbath. That's basically what they were saying. You see, you couldn't work on the Sabbath. And so they were just popping kernels of wheat or corn in their mouth. And they were being accused of working on the Sabbath. That's what this is all about. Now, this shows you when a person moves away, what, how dry wineskin can actually get, friends. 
to be fault finding and trying to find something wrong with, with whatever it is that a person is doing, whether it's just popping kernels of, of wheat in your mouth. Notice he says, Jesus said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? He and those who with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, except for the priests. And he also gave some to those who were with him. He was saying, look, the, the need of man supersedes the, some of these, 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 these ideas and, and laws that were, that were come up by, by, by oftentimes people or men. Uh, it, it's interesting here. Jesus said, look, he said, even by your own law, God didn't kill David when he ate the showbread. How much littler is putting some kernels of wheat in your mouth? Now, we remember the reason why David ate that bread was because he was running from Saul who was trying to kill him. David had been uh, um, anointed by Samuel, the next king over Israel. Saul had been rejected because he did not follow what God said to do. And Saul was insanely jealous of David. Now, David was fairly well known. He was the giant killer, you know. He's the one that Saul said, whoever goes out and kills the giant, I will give them my daughter to marry and 501c3 tax-exempt status for the rest of their life. Now, that's a pretty good deal. Being tax-free, that sounds good. So, but David didn't go out there for the goodies. He went out there because Goliath was reviling the God of Israel. And, and so he, he goes out there, and, and as he's getting ready to go out there, Saul says, well, here, put on my armor, at least go out there with that on. And so they put this, you know, his big helmet on. The Bible tells us that Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else. So he was a big man. David was probably, oh, they think he was probably somewhere around 14, 15 years old. They put this big old heavy helmet on him in the coat of mail, and, you know, he looked like a, you know, like a, like one of your little kids wearing your clothes, mom or dad, coming out of the closet, you know, all hanging off of them. He couldn't, you can't wear somebody else's armor. And by the way, friends, that's a spiritual principle. You can't wear somebody else's defense either. You've got to build your own defense in your own life. David takes all that junk off. He picks up five smooth stones in the river and he goes out in the field to meet Goliath. And we remember the story, how that stone sunk deep into Goliath's head. He fell down and David used Goliath's own sword to cut his own head off with. He was beside himself that day, but he cut his head off. And David takes the head of Goliath and kind of carries it around as a trophy. Look at that, you know, gee, mom, look, (laughs) don't be too worried about when your kids bring home weird things sometimes. But anyway. Saul was insanely jealous of David. And because of that jealousy that existed, uh, he had to do something. And so he was trying to kill him. And so David was on the run. And so he went to Abath of the priest and he said, do you have anything I can eat here? Me and my men, he had a few guys that were with him. And they said, there's nothing here but the showbread. And he says, well, give it to me. And so he ate that to nourish himself so he could continue to run from Saul because Saul was out trying to kill him. See, again, God had rejected Saul. Saul knew that God had rejected him. God had told the nation, basically, that David was going to be the next king over Israel. And Saul, in his jealousy, was out to kill David. And you know something? God didn't kill David when he ate the showbread. That was reserved for only the priests. And so Jesus is saying, so if, if that didn't, if God didn't kill him over that, and we're just shucking kernels of corn and pop it in our mouths, what's your problem? Notice he goes on and he says, verse 27, he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, 
not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. You know, there's people that come oftentimes and they say, unless you worship on Saturday, you're worshiping on the wrong day. Or worshiping on Sunday is the mark of the beast or some other crazy, goofy thing that people will say. Well, friends, right here it tells you the nature of that one of that Ten Commandments. Thou shalt remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Well, the Sabbath day is a day in which we set aside to enjoy the blessings of God. The Bible says six days thou shalt work, on the seventh you shall rest. tells me two things about the nature of man. One, he won't work any of the days. Or he'll work every day and burn himself out. Two things. So six days you shall work, seventh you'll rest. And so God gave man a day in which he said, look, you take a day off, I'll take care of you. You see, you need that. You're, you were designed by God. And you know, if you work every day, you will miss life. You, you just kind of get in this, this machine thing and uh, you no longer have things. Your things have you. And so taking a day off, at least one day a week, really, once again, friends, kind of brings clarity to our minds. We need that. You need to take a day off a week. Now, your day off may not be Sunday. Maybe your day off is Tuesday or maybe your day off is Friday. I don't know. Maybe your day off is Saturday. But the thing is, Sabbath was not made for God. The Sabbath, Jesus said, right here is made for you. And that God will take care of you by even taking off that extra day. So somebody that says, well, we're more spiritual because we worship on Saturday. Day, the day is not important. That gets back to that mechanical relationship again with God. What's important is that you take a day off. If the, if, if the Sabbath was made for man, not for God then what difference, what day it is, as long as you're taking a day off. Now, according to Levitical law, if you are really, 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 really going to keep the Sabbath, you couldn't make anybody else work on the Sabbath. You could only travel so many feet from your home on the Sabbath. And so people that come along today and say, well, we're more spiritual than you are because we keep the Sabbath. We worship on Saturday. I go, no, you don't. The Bible says you can't kindle a fire on the Sabbath day. And when you flip the light bulb on in your, in your church, there's a little fire inside that. You don't believe me? You break that glass off there and you put your fingers on that. You'll find a little fire in there. Or when you cook your beans. Or you fire up the barbie in the backyard. See, that's kindling a fire on the Sabbath. You couldn't do that. You couldn't make anybody else work. So on their way to church on Saturday and they, you know, get in a wreck. Or they run out of gas or car stalls out. They're not going to sit there in the intersection bleeding. Well, we've got to wait till uh, sun goes down and then Sabbath's over and then we can call the ambulance. I don't think so. And so they made the paramedics work on Saturday. So they don't keep the Sabbath either. And I always like to point that out to them. And then when you show them this, you know, the Bible says, when you know the truth, it'll set you free. When you're free, you're free indeed. And friends, when you know that the Sabbath was not made for God, but it was made for you, then God says, you take your day off. And you know, friends, again, that is something that we do. And see, Jesus said this. People say, well, then where did God reverse? Thou shalt keep the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Well, let's read verse 28 again. Therefore, and you know what? Whenever you find therefore in the Bible, find out why it's therefore. I know that's corny, but it's true. There's a couple of those that I always like. The Sadducees is another one. The Sadducees did not believe in resurrection 
from the dead. They just believed that the Bible was a very good moral way to live. And at the end of your life, you've lived your life well, and you lived your life basically without a lot of regrets. That's what the Sadducee believed. Now, Pharisees believed in life after death. They believed in angels and supernatural things and all those kinds of things. But the Pharisees, or the Sadducees, they did not believe in life after death. That's why they were Sadducee. But that'll help you remember it. Because a lot of times we can't remember these these uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, and all those kinds of easy, easy things you see. But, you know, it tells us here. Therefore, so find out why it's therefore. Uh, in the conclusion of the matter is basically what it means. The Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So when we find ourselves in Christ, our Saturday, or you might say our Sabbath fulfillment is in Him. Now what does that tell me? Is that as I'm in Christ, now every day is Sabbath. Every day is a day I can worship the Lord. I still believe, friends, in the Old Testament, it's true, that you do need to take a day off. You will burn out if you don't. And anybody here that doesn't do that, you'll find something interesting. If you don't take a day off, your body will say, you're taking one off, and you'll have about 101 fever, a little bit, uh, you know, horizontal. So uh, it's always best to, to do that. Just, just enjoy the blessings that God has blessed you with. And so that's always a good thing. So that doesn't mean, now, now somebody said one time, they said, well, what if your ditch, what if your ox goes in, if your ditch goes into an ox, you got a real problem, but uh, what if your ox goes into a ditch? Well, go get your ox out. We're not talking legalism here. Well, what if it happens again the next week on, 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 on Sunday or Saturday or whatever day you take your day off? Well, you go get it out. What if it happens again and again? Get a new ox. Or fill the ditch. You see, there can always be an excuse for us not to do what God wants us to do. But God wants you to enjoy Him, friends. And that's one of the things. And also, not to be brought under legalism by people who do not completely read all the verses pertaining, as an example, to Saturday worship, the Sabbath keeping, and these kinds of things. Again, somehow, what they were doing here was trying to find fault with Jesus. Look, he's harvesting on the Sabbath, is what they were saying. And Jesus was saying, have you never read what David did? How he ate the showbread in time of the Abathar, the priest, the high priest? God didn't slay him. And here we're just popping kernels of corn in our mouth. You know, again, it shows how dry, how dry, how dry people's hearts can get where they can no longer see the good in what is being done. This is what had happened. You see, all the things that Jesus was saying, it is interesting to me that they were plotting Jesus' death with the rolls of Scripture on the wall there in the tabernacle, or maybe I should say in, in, the, in the temple there. So what does God want from us then? You know, the Bible says this. What are the laws we've got to keep? They asked Jesus, though. they said, what is the greatest of the commandments? And Jesus said, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And he says, the second is like to it. Now, what's interesting is they didn't ask Jesus, what is the first two commandments? Just the most important. They just said, what is the most important commandment? Jesus not only told them what it was, but then he told them the second thing. He said, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said something really amazing. He said, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. That's what it's all about, is what he said. To love God and to love your fellow man. Friends, do that and you will live.
The problem is, is this. I found that I can't love in myself. You see, do you know what's wrong with us before we come to Christ? It's all about us. You ever notice that? Me first. You somewhere towards the end of the line. God changes that. And what God does is he comes into our life and shows us that there is something much bigger than being self-focused, but rather being focused upon him. God's saying, you're an old garment. You're an old wineskin. I want to put something new in you, but you cannot contain it. You need to be born again. And what happens then is the focus of our life goes from ourselves and goes to what is going to bless God in the kingdom of heaven. And in turn, you will be much more blessed than anything you could have done in yourself. That's the message of the gospel. That's the good news. That why we were still sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. Now, somebody say, what did I do to merit God loving me? Was it because... Well, God looked down from heaven that day and saw you help that, that, that little butterfly that couldn't make it to the tree. No. The Bible says we didn't do anything. It's just because God loved you and me that he intervened in our life and said, Listen, just like he did to Abraham, of you, I'm going to make a great nation. Friends, that's the same thing that God says to you. Of you, I'm going to make a great nation. Because you're going to be the doorway, you might say, to people becoming Christians, to people hearing about faith and truth. And so you are going to be that person in which God will focus his, his life through to bless others. And so do you realize how many people are going to be in heaven because of you? You say, well, I'm going to go there. That's right. I remember on Every Man and Answer, this girl calls up. And she says, whose name is in the book of life? And I said, mine. But you know what? It isn't just yours because of you. It's what God does through your life and those people that you bless. See, that's why the Bible tells us that we need to be careful of our acquaintances. In other words, in other words, if you, as a Christian, have a bunch of people that are worldly friends that don't have any time or regard for God, you're going to be going two different directions because, you see, God has a purpose for your life and, and a person that doesn't love God is serving themselves. And you say, but they're such a nice person. Uh, yeah, they can be for a while. But that old sin nature, and anybody here that remembers what it was like, is a very demanding nature. Me wants what me wants when we wants it. I want it, I want it now. That's the old sin nature. Well, listen, you as a Christian, you're a giving person because you, you know that you're a vessel in which God pours through to go into other people's lives. But a person that's selfish says, and I'm going to suck everything up that I can get out of you. See, that's why the Bible tells us and warns us all the way, all the way through the Bible. It says, be careful of the acquaintances that we have. How much more in the dating world and the marriage world and all these other things that we do? Because again, because those things, the Bible says, you, you, uh, uh, when you're unequally yoked, now, now what, that, what, what they would do in those days, they would have, uh, they would, because people were poor, they would, they had to pull a plow and, and they'd put a horse on one side and a mule on the other. Or they'd put an oxen on one side and a mule on the other. Well, the ox could pull a whole lot more than a donkey could. Now, the donkey could contribute some, but the ox could, was like, like two donkeys to one. See, they didn't have horsepower in those days. They had donkey power. But anyway, uh, 
And what happened is they would try to plow. And as they would plow, the ox, because he could pull harder, he'd begin to pull. And, and you couldn't plow a straight line because they were unequally yoked. That's exactly what happens in a person's life that's unequally yoked in business to a non-believer, to a marriage to a non-believer, to a relationship with non-believers. You, you can see it all the way because there's a different moral ethic. Now, this can even be in the Christian world as well, friends, but it's almost, it's guaranteed in the secular world or, or the world outside of Christ. And so that's why the Bible says to be careful of that. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. And their wineskin will not, tra- or maybe I, I should say your new wineskin will not transpose upon theirs. Each person is ultimately responsible for the life that they live, the decisions they make, and the consequences that will be in that relationship. So what do we, what's the conclusion then? Love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do this, and you'll live. And you'll be blessed. And you'll be healed. And you'll be restored. And you'll have the peace of God in your life, not pieces. Because again, friends, there's a different ethic in the world. Jesus spoke here about it. The new wine in old wineskins. It just doesn't work. God wants to give you a new heart. If you're not born again, you have an old wineskin. If you're not born again, you're an old garment. God wants to put a brand new garment on you. God wants to put a brand new container in your life. One that's not all dried out, that's cracked open from the cares and the problems of this life. But one that he can bless and heal and restore you in. And he will. You say, well, how do I get it? By simply asking. The Bible says that if we ask, we receive. Now, friends, that's a pretty good deal. It wasn't based upon money. It wasn't based upon age. It wasn't based upon looks. It based upon simply an asking. But you know, in asking requires a couple things. First of all, in asking, do you realize that there's a humbleness in asking? You know, a lot of people... You know, they, they're all frustrated. They're working on a project. And, and people want to help, but they won't ask because they, they're admitting that they can't do it. I need help. Well, if you say you need help, that means you can't do it. Well, that's okay. God came to help us. And friends, you're not going to figure out this life without God. You can look at the people that have lots of money, lots of fame, lots of power. You can watch the tabloids of the Hollywood people and all those kinds of folk. They don't have any lifestyle I want. I would invite you today to consider Christ and consider a new life in Him and a new wineskin in your life. A new container is what you need. And let Him bless you. Let Him heal you. The Bible says He will. So we're going to pray right now. And if you've never prayed and asked the Lord into your life, you can And maybe you're distant from God. Maybe you've just let the cares of this life dry you out. And you're saying, Lord, I need you to give me a Holy Ghost oil massage. My heart's getting dry. And God will rub that oil of that Holy Spirit and soften your heart up and make you a new person. So we're going to pray. And if you need to have the Lord do a work in your life this morning, you just pray and ask the Lord and He will. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. And I repent, God, of the crazy things that I have done in my life to make life mean something. I believe you died on the cross for me. Your blood covered my sins. 
And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I ask you now to fill me with your Holy Spirit. To give me the power to make the right decisions in life. And to be a testimony for you. Thank you for writing my name in your book of life. That I can spend eternity with you. I never have to be scared of dying ever again. And so, Lord, now take my life. I give it to you. Make me the best I can be in Jesus' name. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226 and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time. For more, it's time. It's time.